I can't believe it. It's actually here. The first ever League of Friends fantasy football podcast. You know, this podcast is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. You know, I've had the dream of getting everyone's franchises going, getting everyone's logos, getting everyone's team colors going, eventually getting everyone together for a live draft, giving out championship jerseys with your logo, number, last name, whatever you want to put on it. Um, And that's happening. It's all going to happen. But for now, the upgrade to the League of Friends for the 2020 season is a brand new weekly League of Friends fantasy football podcast. So don't worry about me missing write-ups after write-ups. So you can now worry about me missing podcast after podcast because this is actually a lot more work than I thought. Um, anyway, enough rambling. Um, the first ever episode is right here. Uh, things we're going to go over. I'm going to introduce myself, who I am, what I do for the League of, Le- Le- <laughs> League of Legends. <clears throat> I'm a mid laner. Um, what I do for the League of Friends. Um, after that, we're going to go over our week one matchups, which, which already happened. Um, we're going to go over who won, uh, give out some weekly awards. Then after that, we're actually going to have a special guest join our show. That's right. The first ever League of Friends fantasy football podcast is going to have a special guest. So tune in for that one. After our special guest, we're going to go into the week two preview as well as a game of the week. Uh, after this, if there's any league updates that I need to let you all know about, I'll let you know about it. But for now, just tune in, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This song gets me so hyped. I don't know about you guys, but every time I listen to this, it just puts a damn smile on my face. Oh, God. And I'm so glad we could use it because there's no copyright on it. So there you go. Um, To start off this podcast, the first thing I should do is introduce myself to you all. Um, First off, I'm your host. I'm also the general manager of the Kilauea Flow. And most importantly, I'm the commish. I'm the commish of the League of Friends Fantasy Football League going on five years actually going on six years now so which is a very exciting moment for us Um, some of you might know me as bj some of you might know me as big ben some of you might know me as bentot shout out patrick and some of you might know me as the goat greatest of all time back to back runner up of the league of friends 2018 to 2019 so unprecedented no one could be a runner up like me um, some personal stuff about me. I'm 28 years old from California, Los Angeles. Um, I've been playing fantasy sports since 2008. I've um, been playing fantasy football with my brother, JR, who's also in this league. I've um, been playing fantasy hockey. I dabbled into fantasy baseball for one year, but I never understood it. But it's cool. It was still fun. 
um, back to fantasy football, my lone fantasy football championship came in 2010. Um, it actually had a five-player New Orleans stack, and I believe that was the year that they won the Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, it's been a 10-year drought. As I stated before, I came close in 2018 and 2019, but you know, it's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Come close, but not close enough. Um, as stated before, I am commish of the League of Friends, and now that I've introduced myself, I feel like I should introduce you all to the League of Friends. Um, the League of Friends actually started off as an idea during a fantasy basketball league back in 2014, I want to say. Um, the thought of the camaraderie of all of our friends and family, the thought of all the shit talking, and the thought of actually getting a traveling trophy was new to all of us, but it was something to be excited about and something that we all wanted. So when the fall season came around, um, the League of Friends was born. Uh, we are comprised of a close-knit group of friends and family coming from Los Angeles all the way to Chicago. Um, not So yeah, that means we do have an out-of-towner in our league. Um, not only this, but we have years and years of experience in our league. Uh, one of our members has actually been playing fantasy football since they were tracking stats on the newspaper. Uh, I I can't even imagine doing that myself and all the messages you guys would send me. I would just probably quit fantasy sports altogether. Um, aside from that, that's the League of Friends. Um, if there's any more things that you need to know, um, we are currently in quote-unquote franchised. Um, about three years ago, I had everyone um, create a franchise. I gave everyone the task of picking a city, picking a mascot, um, choosing team colors, and based on that, I gave them all logos. Um, and as far as settings go, um, you know, we're a 10-team, half PPR, six-point touchdowns, six, three interception league, and that's pretty much all you need to know. Um, coming up next is our week one review of the matchups. And I'll introduce each GM as they come by. So stick around for that one. All right. So now's the time to get into our week one matchup reviews. Uh, the first matchup that I'm going to go over is the Kyoto Charizards versus the Westlake Dogs. Um, currently, the Kyoto Char Charizards are run by General Manager Steve, and the Westlake Dogs are run by General Manager Kevin. Um, this one was actually not close at all, with the Dogs taking it this week 128.4 to 84. And the way these settings are, 84 is an extremely sad number. As far as players that boomed, Kyler Murray is looking like the 4th to 5th round draft pick that we all suspected. Um, he had 27.3 fantasy points. He passed for 230 yards, had one touchdown. He actually ran the ball 13 times for 91 yards and one touchdown. Um, that was pretty much the only bright spot that I could see in the Charizards lineup. Um, Julio Jones did his thing, but... I mean, scoring 84 points in a six-touchdown league is pretty sad, so hopefully 
Steve could figure out what he could do next week. Um, on the Victor side, uh, Kevin put up 128.4 on the back of Lamar Jackson. I mean, who else? Uh, 2019 was his breakout year. He basically was Michael Vick 2.0, maybe 3.0. I mean, fuck it, 4.0. This dude was passing, was running all over everyone. And coming into this season, he does not look like he's going to stop anytime soon. Uh, Lamar Jackson passed for 275 yards, three touchdowns, seven carries for 45 yards. And he actually had a tackle. Um, Players that busted. um, Man, looking at this Charizard's lineup, it's fucking basically everyone. Evan Ingram, who was uh, pretty much top six tight end, had 1.9 points. He had seven targets, two receptions, nine yards. Um, the Minnesota Vikings, though, that is a dark spot in this Charizards lineup. They allowed 41 points to the Green Bay Packers and only allowed and only had one forced fumble, which was good for negative nine points. And I think if you want to win in fantasy football, you can't have any negative points. Um, if there was a bust player for the Dogs... I wouldn't have to think it would be either Nick Chubb or Mark Ingram. Um, Mark Ingram had 10 carries for 29 yards. And to be honest, I was watching this game and I feel like J.K. Dobbins just looked like the better running back. So it could be just a matter of time before um, he takes over the starting role over this aging Mark Ingram. Um, Moving on, our next matchup, we have the kind of Ohe Kinkajus versus the Reigning back-to-back champions, the Albuquerque Chupacabras. Uh, the Kikajus is GM'd by Arian. And the Chupacabras are... I don't know why I'm saying it like that. The Chupacabras are GM'd by our very own Connor. Um, give a little background. I mean, this guy is just on a tear through the League of Friends right now. And we'll get more on that later. Um... As far as this matchup goes, the Albuquerque Chupacabras didn't take their foot off the gas at all. Um, they won this one 129.38 to 103.10 over the Kanaohe Kinkajus. If there is any bright light for the Kinkajus, I think it would have to be Chris Carson. You know, this Seattle offense just looks revitalized, and they are giving the green light to Russell Wilson to just throw and throw and throw. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he almost threw 40 times. Let me double check here. Russell Wilson was 31 for 35. And I'm pretty sure last year he averaged maybe like 20 throws a game. But yeah, we're not talking about Russell Wilson here. We're talking about the Kanaohe Kinkajus and how they lost to the Albuquerque Chupacabras. Uh, Chris Carson for the Kinkajus had six carries, 21 yards, uh, six receptions for 45 yards and two tutties. Uh, good for 21.6 fantasy points. Uh, for the winning side, let's see here. We got, oh, of course. Okay, so Josh Allen, of course, had 32.18 points, but he boomed. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk DeAndre Hopkins here. This guy gets traded from the Houston Texans for David Johnson, and he goes into the Arizona Cardinals with a sophomore quarterback in Kyler Murray, and he gets 16 targets. 16 he gets 14 of them for 151 yards this he what was he a third fourth round pick 
I feel like he is going to skyrocket to the number one if Kyler Murray is just going to scramble for 20 seconds and then just end up finding him. Um, as far as the players that busted uh, for the Kinkajus, it looks like Keenan Allen for the Chargers. I also watched that Chargers game, and that team just looks like a mess right now. Uh, I don't know what Tyrod Taylor is doing. Um, I don't know what the Chargers are doing. Like, literally, just move to Seattle or somewhere. Um, and that's my phone. Very professional. Um, as far as any players that busted for Connor and the Chupacabras, it might be the Detroit Lions. Okay. The Detroit Lions got a massive zero points for the Chupacabras here. Uh, they allowed 27 points, one sack, and one forced fumble against the Chicago Bears. So, once again, uh, congrats to the Albuquerque Chupacabras for taking this one over the Kanaohe Kinkajus, 129.38 to 103.1. Next up, we have uh, the Kilauea Flow and the Quezon City J Turismos. Um, the Kilauea Flow is currently GM'd by your boy, your commish. What's good? Back to back runner up. Well, not last year, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, the flow is GM'd by me, uh, BJ, and the J Turismo is GM'd by JT. Um, players that boomed. Russell Wilson. Okay, so there was a lot of chatter. Well, not really a lot of chatter, but a lot of curiosity on why I had traded Josh Allen and AJ Green to the Chupacabras for Russell Wilson. And this was the exact reason why. Uh, Russell Wilson threw 31, 35 times for 31 completions, threw 322 yards, four touchdowns, three carries for 29 yards, good for 39.78 fantasy points. You know, Josh Allen is a good quarterback, and I feel like he is going to be a somewhat mini Russell Wilson, but as of now, I just thought Russell Wilson, I feel more confident putting out Russell Wilson as my quarterback than Josh Allen. If it was three, four years from now and Josh Allen was still the quarterback that we're all expecting him to be, yeah, okay, I'll roll him out. But it was just a personal choice. I would give up the upside of A.J. Green and Josh Allen for a known factor that is Russell Wilson. Um, for the J. Turismos, you got Zeke. Zeke got to eat. Did you guys see his tattoo on his stomach that says, let's eat? Um, I mean, granted, he put that on his six-pack, but if I were to put that on my belly and put let's eat, it would be a completely different thing. Um, players that busted. Let's see here. For the Kilauea flow, we have the Tennessee Titans. You know, I thought the Tennessee Titans would be a good play here. They're going against Denver, who had Cortland Sutton out, um, but they only allowed 14 points forced two fumbles and had one fumble recovery good for three points um and for the j turismo the bus was i'm um, <laughs> sucks to say but rob gronkowski um coming back to play with tom brady over there in tampa bay um he was targeted three times caught two of them for only 11 yards that is a rough one and you're not going to win weeks like that jt so hope you enjoyed getting spanked the kilaway of flow took this one 142.28 to 112.56 over the J Turismos. 
The next matchup we have, let's see here. Ooh, got a pretty good one here. You got the Los Angeles Mambas, GM'd by our very own Patrick, and the Chino Hills Crusaders, which is GM'd by my brother Joe. Um, Joe had a very interesting draft. Um, he went zero running backs. His first two picks were Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and then Travis Kelsey. Followed up by, I believe, Dak Prescott. And then just went pure running backs from there. His running backs are not a bright spot in his roster. He has Devin Singletary, Sony Michelle, uh, Leonard Fournette. But what he does have is every single handcuff to the big name running backs in the league. Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard, Madison. Like he's just waiting for one of these top dogs to go down. Um, back to it. Players that boomed. Um, God. Okay. Patrick, I have to tip my hat off to you here. Picking up Ben Roethlisberger to go with Juju Smith-Schuster. That hit on the dot. Ben Roethlisberger came back from missing basically almost the entire season last year. Throwing 32 times, completing 21. Throwing 229 yards for three touchdowns. And actually running the ball three times for nine yards. And I'm pretty sure that dude runs like a 640. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster as well. Um, going with the correlation play. Juju Smith-Schuster pulled in six targets for 69 yards. Nice. For two tutties. Uh Ben Roethlisberger pulled in 28.06 fantasy points, while Juju pulled in 21.9. Good for about 50 fantasy points for the LA Mambas. Um, any boomers for the Crusaders? Of course. Aaron, Roger, Aaron Rodgers is back, boys, and he is back with a vengeance. This guy was like the 12th quarterback taken off the board, and he is coming back with a vengeance. But he's not on the Crusaders team. But who is on the Crusaders team is Devontae Adams. He got targeted 17 times. Almost DeAndre Hopkins-like. Pulled in 14 of those. Good for 156 yards and two touchdowns. Good for 34.6 fantasy points. And honestly, looking at the rest of his roster, I'm pretty sure, not including Dak Prescott, Devontae Adams outscored everyone else on the Crusaders team combined um looking at the matchup as a whole the congrats to the la mambas taking this one 116.86 to 103.64 over the chino hills crusaders and finally our last matchup of the week which i feel like was the game of the week we have the bell bombers versus the philadelphia panty droppers the bombers is GM'd by Renee and the Penny Droppers is GM'd by Mark, the self-proclaimed heart of the league. Players that boomed for the Bombers, of course, it was Christian McCaffrey, running the ball 23 times for 96 yards and two touchdowns, also pulling in three receptions for 38 yards, good for 26.9 points. On the other side of the board, we have Josh Jacobs for the Penny Droppers, rushing 25 times for 93 yards, three touchdowns, and also pulling in four receptions for 46 yards. A huge game from Josh Jacobs and looking very good for the Las Vegas Raiders. 
Um, coming in a Monday night, you know, Renee was down. How, what was he down? 11 points, 12 points. And he had the Pittsburgh Steelers defense and going up against, uh, basically the New York Saquon Barkley's, um, things were looking good for him. Things were looking good for him, but sadly they only pulled in 10 points for him. Um, so saying that the bell bombers, lost to the Philadelphia Panty Droppers 137.44 to 138.02 and that is a difference of 0.58 points that's what six yards very unfortunate week for Renee but that's the way the cookie crumbles Um, moving on to our weekly awards uh, the highest scoring player this week we have Russell Wilson for the Kilauea Flow your boy, good for 39.78 fantasy points. Um, the lowest scoring player this week goes to, I should say the lowest scoring scoring players, goes to the Minnesota Vikings defense f- who played for the Kyoto Charizards. Um, they pulled in a huge negative nine points. And if they had those nine points back, they would still lose to the dogs. Um, best bench player this week was Aaron Rodgers for the Bombers. God, if Renee doesn't start Aaron Rodgers next week, I do not know what he's doing. Um, actually, he has Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah, this dude has Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. Like, just trade him. Do something. Aaron Rodgers, QB1, rest of the season. Let's go. Um, Aaron Rodgers pulled in 38.76 fantasy points. That is the Aaron Rodgers we all know and love. Um, closest game of the week was our game of the week, actually. It was the Bell Bombers versus the Philadelphia Penny Droppers with a 0.58 point difference. Six yards. Anything, like, anything could have happened. Biggest blowout of the week was the Kyoto Charizards versus the Westlake Dogs at a 44.4 point difference. Oh, Steve, Steve, Steve. You had the fourth pick and... I feel like this just wasn't your week. Anything, even if you had the high scoring players from your bench put in your starting lineup, there's nothing you could have done. Oh, Miles Sanders was out, of course. Well, just be excited because if he was not 100% and they played him, you could have gotten injured. So, yeah, 84 points, 44.4 point difference. Unfortunate. The award for lowest scoring team, I have been talking about them for the last two minutes, goes to the Kyoto Charizards with 84 points. And the highest scoring team, your boy, the Kilauea Flow with 142.28. And as always, being the highest scoring team, you get $10. So the weekly prize goes to me. Thanks, everyone. And let's take a quick break here. That was the week one matchups. And coming up next, we have our interview with a very special guest. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the League of Friends Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, Our previous segment, we had our week one matchups. And now we have a very special guest. Um, This person currently holds a franchise record of 28 and 24. He's had three winning seasons in 2015, 2018, and 2019. 
Um, his best finish was in 2015 with an 8-4 and four record. Regular season, actually. Um, and he's had two championship appearances. That's right. And to follow that up, he's had two championships. Um, some say that half of his body is made of Domino's cheesy bread. <laughs> Our special guest is the one and only, the reigning back-to-back champion, general manager of the Albuquerque Chupacabras, Connor Walsh. What's going on? What's good? What's good? What's good? How have um, you been? It's actually rumored that 100% of me is made up of Domino's cheesy bread. <laughs> what, what flavor? Uh, um, what's up? What, what flavor? Spinach and feta. Spinach and feta. That's a good flavor. Yeah. Um, my blood type is marinara. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> so to start off this interview, um, I've wanted to ask, ask, who is Connor Walsh? More so, why are you the way that you are? <laughs> Honestly. First question, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Every uh, time I try to do something fun. Yeah, who um, who is Connor Walsh? Connor Walsh. Well, let's let's start back. I was born in April of 1991. Now, uh, now I'm just a just a guy living in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, the far north suburbs of Chicago, pretty much Wisconsin now. Mm-hmm. Um, got the wife now of almost five years, who also plays fantasy football, um, and the two dogs just living life, man. Two dogs. And you and your wife playing the same fantasy football league, right? Not in ours, um, but... We did last year. We're not playing in the same one this year. We're, like, co-running a team in Yahoo right now that some guy from the uh, animal hospital I know is running. Right, right. Yeah. So you mentioned that you lived in the northwest right now, which is Chicago. Uh, yeah. And you grew up where? Uh, Santa Monica, California. Santa born Monica, California. Born and raised. And... You played sports growing up, yeah? Yeah, I played uh, flag football in elementary school. Wide receiver one, McKinley Lions, let's get it. Uh, <laughs> and then I, uh, I mostly stuck to baseball after I injured my knee back in fifth grade. Um, so it's been pretty much baseball only ever since. Mm-hmm. And you played in high school too, right? Yeah. And... After St. Monica, correct me if I'm wrong, you spent a few years at SMC and then went to Oklahoma. Correct. That is correct. And why OU? Why OU? Um, <laughs> why Oklahoma? And why are you holding the trophy right in front of me? Uh, just to remind you, man. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. I'm keeping it safe. Um, so why yeah, why, why OU Oklahoma? Um, Whitney's yelling in the back room. I followed a girl there, um, which... Okay, sure, partly true. Um, Also, I just kind of felt stuck at SMC and um, just kind of felt like my education wasn't going anywhere and I knew if I wanted to advance in life, I needed to get that done. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was actually looking at Nebraska first. I don't know if you knew that um, or remembered that rather, Um, but I was accepted to Nebraska and I did pay to have my seat to go there. And then last minute I ended up going OU. Oh, shit. I did not know that. So you really followed uh-huh. Whitney, huh? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, OU has that big rivalry. What is it about Texas that you hate so much? Overall, it is they smell just like butt. the entire university. Right now, I, I hate Sam Ellinger. I hate Tom Herman. Um... 
they're just garbage people. <laughs> All around Sam terrible. Sam Ellinger is a square-headed idiot. Tom Herman's full of himself, and I just, I can't stand him. <clears throat> I feel you. I feel you on that one. So, after OU, you ended up in Chicago. Uh, yes. What happened there? Um, well, we moved out here. Whitney and I were engaged um, when we were in school at Oklahoma. And then we were actually planning to get married in July of 2016, I think it was originally. And mm-hmm. then some stuff fell through with me trying to get um, to apply to vet school. So we ended up moving it up to November of 2015. Whitney is from Chicago. I don't, I think I left that, uh, uh, detail out. Um, but we ended up moving back with her parents for a couple months, saving up some money and then got an apartment and got married in November of 2015 during the inaugural season of our league, actually. That's right. And that was on November 7, correct? Yeah, boy. Remember that one, that Kopitar. It's it's such a classic picture with that Kopitar jersey and Brent Seabrook, right? Yeah, it was actually really cool how that played out. So. Yeah, that was that was a classic one. Um, so, yeah, you end up in Chicago, and you actually end up joining the League of Friends. How did that happen? Uh, actually, I remember you texting me one night. Um, I don't remember if it was, like, the day before the draft or something, sometime close to the draft, but you guys needed an extra person. And if I'm not mistaken, I was eight of eight at the time. <laughs> you were the afterthought. I was the afterthought, <laughs> nah. But uh, I remember being like, I haven't followed the NFL in years. I don't know anything about this, but let's do it. Mm-hmm. So. And you had joined, and you actually went through the first ever back-to-back champion in the League of Friends, which was my brother, JR. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything that you had learned from him as a manager or any moves that he did? JR School of Fantasy Hard Knocks. Uh-huh. Um, tuition, if anyone's interested, is just like some butt picks. Mm. Um, no, Fuck. but I, I would just try and, you know, watch his strategy. I know, I think more so you've been an influence on me than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, just being able to pick your fantasy brain and whatnot. But um, just trying to watch trends in like waiver editions and draft strategy and stuff like that. Um, kind of after the fact and evaluate and go forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. so you go through two years of seeing a back-to-back and then you go through one year of seeing JT win a championship, which was crazy because mm-hmm. I believe he was last place, first place, and then last place. So that's kind of an outlier there. Um, <laughs> but the fourth year of the League of Friends, something historical happened, right? Uh, refresh me what was that one again um i believe i said something historical happened um i believe that was your first ever league of friends fantasy football championship true my first ever fantasy championship ever oh first first ever first ever yeah (laughs) right 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 (laughs) yeah i remember actually driving out to pomona was it pomona Uh, corona corona Corona. yeah awkward i'm Yeah, jumping out to Corona, and then um, we had watched the Chiefs and Seahawks game. Yep. As you took the trophy straight out of my hands. And I said, thank you for delivering that to me. <laughs> that was basically the Uber for that fantasy football trophy. Yeah, right? Uh, what, was, what was it like winning your first ever fantasy football championship? Because I have no idea what that feels like in this league. So. <laughs> um, 
it was really cool. Um, I feel like that if I'm not mistaken, um, going into that, I think I had a playoff spot secured before week 10, which was at that time rivalry week against uh, Pat and the Mambas, if I'm not mistaken. That's right, yeah. Um, and that, I think, that rivalry was the um, that huge comeback that I had with uh, Zach three Ertz, players, right? I think. Zach Ertz, uh, yeah. Zeke on that Sunday night football game, and um, who was it, Brandon Cooks, I think, in the afternoon slate. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up putting like a stupid amount of points and I just squeaked off that win and I think at that moment I knew that my squad was like legit and I could make it a good run as long as you know everyone stayed healthy of course mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of what happened I, after that they kind of um, first week I think I was having like some crazy leads where I had this huge buffer going into week two um, I think each round which was awesome um, it was a lot of fun going up against you actually in the uh, the uh, championship round there because like I was saying picking your brain pretty much week in and week out mm-hmm. kind of felt like everything was coming full circle to uh, to get that first dub yeah yeah and, and uh, I was I was actually looking back at that league history year and mm-hmm. I was the first seed and I went nine and one I my fantasy team actually scored 200 and about 50 more points than the second place team and I felt like, you know, that could have been my year, but you had just snuck up right behind me and butt-fucked me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it certainly was, um, yeah, I mean, going into it, I thought you were going to take it, but uh, my team just got hot at the right time. Yeah. And, you and know, I think that's all you need in, that's all you need in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Get the right players at the right time and mm-hmm. barring any injuries or anything. So you win your first championship, off-season rolls around, you're feeling hot coming back for a back-to-back run and it actually comes to fruition yeah uh that was actually very shocking i was looking back at that league history and um i had some good buffers going into week two again but each round i ended up losing week two and i think it was a lot closer so it was a lot more nerve-wracking and i wasn't nearly as confident Mm -hmm. as i was especially um i mean it was nice that i zeke fell to me at what the fourth or fifth pick i think yeah, because um, I think he was slated top two, but then he uh-huh. had that holdout year, right? Yeah, it was his, yeah, holdout, he ended up falling to me at like fifth, I think it was, or, I don't, yeah, I think that was it. Right. Um, and I, I just couldn't pass up Zeke, I mean, he got me the first championship before, and, you know, I figured I'd take my chances there, and kind of, fantasy gods please it, and uh, it paid off. Mm-hmm. So. So here you are today, right? Back to back champion, never gonna, yeah. never gonna let me live it down. That's uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much it. Um, all right. So these are a little off-topic questions, getting away from fantasy and uh-huh. personal. But um, I guess it's to learn more about who you are as a person. Um, and I'm hoping to do this with all the other GMs as every week goes on. So I would want to ask you, what would constitute a perfect day for you? A perfect day? Huh. That's a good one. Um, man, I feel really thrown off by this one. <laughs> you wake up and you kiss uh, your trophy? I wake up, kiss the trophy, I guess kiss the dogs, and then kiss Whitney, probably not order. <laughs> uh-huh. Um you know, hop on Warzone before Whitney gets on, get a dub real quick. 
uh, run down to the local coffee shop that we have here, get some coffee, come back. I guess wake her up by then because that would be a nice thing to do. Um, meanwhile, like picture a really nice Midwestern autumn day, um, kind of around like the wedding time ish, but um, not mm-hmm. as cold. Like just get into that like nice little hoodie weather. Um, and then what? Hang out with the dogs for a little bit, letting them run around, enjoy life, and then uh, watching some Sunday night football and hopefully Baker Mayfield throwing like two of his receivers and not the <laughs> other team. And not the ground, right? Yeah, not the ground. <laughs> or, yeah, either that or just watching OU dominate Texas. That That's always a good day, too. Mm-hmm. Which usually happens every year. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Pretty perfect day, it sounds like to me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, so. uh, uh Let's see here. Um, who are the three most influential people in your life? Who? That's always a good one. Um, get super personal. I'd have to say my grandfather, um, moving his family from Belfast, Northern Ireland, to mm. Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the time I don't know if anyone in the league is super familiar with the troubles in Northern Ireland but uh, being Irish Catholics there in a heavily Protestant um, area with a lot of discrimination and things like that um, jobs and money weren't usually easy to come by for the Catholics mm-hmm. um, so he was actually a merchant marine and I believe was deployed somewhere in his ship went somewhere around Santa Monica and he kind of fell in love with the area and moved mm. um, my grandmother who was pregnant with my mom at the time and my two uncles out to Santa Monica. Was there so, any reason why Santa Monica? He just loved the area. He got okay. there um, He got there off deployment and just kind of fell in love with the area. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is like Santa Monica in the 60s. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, you know, pretty diverse place, pretty accepting place, it seems like, at the time. Um, so, by the beach, you know, you can't really argue that. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, also keep it pretty personal, um, definitely my mom. Um, you've met my mom before. She is awesome. Mm-hmm. She is. Um, single mother. Uh, my dad died when I was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And um, pretty much for as long as I can remember, it's just been me, my mom, my brother, and she's done a great job getting uh, two kids where we are now. Number three. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know know if I have a third one right now. I'll I'll think on that when I come back to it. Yeah, no worries at all. No worries at all. Um, Last, I guess, kind of personal set of questions, um, but more lighthearted. What would you say would be the most embarrassing moment of your life, B? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I, oh, man. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Mm. Hmm. At the time, like, it's it's hard at the time. Like, I, I get super embarrassed and everything like that, but then I just kind of forget about it and roll on. It's not how red meat makes your tummy bubble? Or... Yeah, it makes, it makes my butt explode and my, <laughs> my mouth explode. It's not fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing really coming to mind, huh? Nah, nothing's coming no. to mind yet. 
Okay. Um, moving on with this interview. Serial mascot deathmatch. Who comes out on top? Any serial mascot. Serial mascot deathmatch. If I'm looking at this from an analytical standpoint, it's got to be Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch? He's literally a captain. <laughs> Cap apostrophe in... Yeah. He's a captain. He has a ship? He has a ship. He has military training. He probably has tactics of murdering other serial people. Uh Uh-huh. Close second, I think, would have to be the Rice Krispies trio because you can't... I mean, good luck fighting off three. Is that the Snap, Crackle, and Pop? Yeah, bro. Is that their names? Uh, I believe so. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) You, You wouldn't throw... Uh, Tony the Tiger in there? Uh, I don't know. Not, not right now. I, ju- I just feel like he's a nice tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's great. Just not any Carol Baskins coming up or anything. Yeah. Like that. Shit. Um, <laughs> wow, Captain Crunch, huh? Interesting. Again, it's the military experience. Uh-huh. Probably killed some people in his time. Before he got the gig as the cereal. Season of cereal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, probably an expert in war. Mm hmm. So, feel pretty confident with that answer. Do you imagine it's just him and like hundreds of his people and him just commanding all of them? Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. like the little Captain Crunch pieces, little, those little you know, squares are just uh, C4. So. Uh-huh. Just crunching their way to victory. Yep. <laughs> Um, all right. Our next segment is actually a this or that question. Um, you have two options and let's pick your brain. Boxers or briefs? Oh, boxer briefs, bro. That is what I'm talking about. Me undies. Me undie boxer briefs. Me undies are not bad at all. They are not bad at all. I have a couple pairs and I could vouch for them. They are. I, yeah, I mean, Wick got me a subscription and I can't stop wearing them. So I don't even change them. I just keep wearing them. (laughs) Because it, it feels like you're wearing nothing, right? Yeah. All right. It's like so that Simpsons gift, nothing at all, <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> By then, it just forms into your skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Me-undies, man. Yeah, there you go. Me undies. If you're listening, please, please sponsor, please sponsor us. us. There you go. Please sponsor us. I'm tired of wearing my boxers inside out. <laughs> <laughs> Me undies. All right. Um, garlic knots or cheesy fries. Cheesy fries. Calzones yeah. or cheesy bread? And why cheesy bread? Oh, man. I actually what know you... I know you love in? calzones. Oh, my God. Ah, uh, dude. That's why I asked what? this, because you love both of these things. Yeah, man. That's tough. It's... I, I feel like I gotta say cheesy bread. Cheesy bread. Spinach and yeah. feta? Spinach and feta. Speaking of things you love, Ivy or Bowser... Oh man! Um, I see Bowser's so, staring yeah, lovingly Bowser's, at you yeah, right now. At me with me right now. Um, no, everyone has like their um, definitive favorites. Um, don't get me wrong, I love Ivy, but Bowser's my first dog. He's my boy. 
There it is. Um, coming in at Warzone questions, Grau or Bruin? I'm riding that Bruin wave right now. Dude, like, so. it took me like three weeks to unlock, and I still haven't unlocked it. And I just, and I just quit. <laughs> shipment just throw smoke and then literally just shoot and <laughs> it happens takes a lot so, of skill there yeah um football or hockey i kind of feel like i fall i mean overall i'm more of a hockey fan mm-hmm. um, that being said i've kind of fallen out of watching hockey mostly with the time difference with the kings and the fact that the kings have been straight doo-doo for a while it's been kind of tough too mm-hmm stay up to watch it and just try and make time and not get frustrated halfway through when they're getting blasted. Right, but apparently their prospect pool is like the best in the NHL, so yeah, give it a couple years and might see something. Yeah, especially with this number two pick too coming up. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm looking forward to it though. It's uh, just trying to be patient and definitely. also find time. That's all we can difference. do. Um, switching from real sports to fantasy, uh, fantasy football or fantasy hockey? weekend you should be set right yeah yeah that's right check right before kickoff and get to go mm-hmm. um uh, you probably answered this already but kings or blackhawks <laughs> kings <laughs> all day <laughs> all day, nah, all day. Uh, let's see here uh cubs or angels oh man uh thankfully they're in different leagues um i love going to wrigley and rooting for the cubs but it's still the angels despite how frustrated i get with them mm-hmm. uh Haley williams or halsey oh fuck <laughs> uh man I'm not gonna talk about a specific picture that was on your phone back in college. yeah <laughs> it's Haley williams uh-huh there it is uh-huh. baker mayfield or kyler murray you know i've always been on the big train more than i've been on the kyler murray train Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I've been dunking on too many Trubisky truthers out here that I'm starting to realize I'm feeling like a Baker truther, and I'm kind of in that same boat as the Trubisky truthers. So there it is. I might have to go. I might have to go Kyler. Ooh, wee! I would think you would pick Mayfield there. Uh, I'm just—he's got it. It's there. Someone just has to figure out how to bring it out of him because um, whatever is happening right now is not working. Mm-hmm. And someone's just got to rebuild that confidence in him because we all know he can do it. Yeah. It's just getting him in that mindset and getting his confidence back. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that one, actually. Uh, Sperry's or Slippers? Sperry's. Like, why did I even ask this? Yeah. Uh, Lumilnati's or Giordano's? Uh, Lou's, 100%. What makes Lou's better? Uh, everything. No, uh, <laughs> I've had... Whitney's family is a loose family, so that's mostly been what I've been exposed to. I've had uh, Giordano's once when it was fresh. Mm-hmm. It was solid. Um, I think it's just the crust. The crust and the sauce is better at loose. 
I feel like the crust that lose. I was telling Alexis this last night that like when you just bite into it, it's like crumbly butter, yeah. just melting in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And it's I'd say the greatest thing ever. Yeah, it's got that perfect like ratio of everything and crunch factor to deliciousness. Here's mm-hmm. what I think she's making a guest appearance. Lose or Giordano's? Pizza rolls. Do you want them? Oh yeah, I'll take some pizza rolls. <laughs> Totino's. <laughs> Yeah, we're getting pizza rolls, oh, bro. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Wifey coming in clutch. Yeah, man. Careful. It might be hot on the inside, dude. Yeah, lava, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so to finish off this segment, I have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, how confident are you in creating a Chupacabra dynasty and winning your third straight League of Friends championship? on draft day I would say not very confident I would probably say Dynasty could still be 3 and 4 um, after week 1 I feel pretty okay we'll see how the rest of the year goes but um, I'm comfortable with the mood like that uh, Wilson trade that we made uh, you know it's not a league of friends here unless you and I trade right um, no I'm feeling pretty good uh, writing a bunch of hype and just kind of believing in things and hoping the best will pay off mm-hmm. speaking uh, of our trade what was your thought process going on when i had offered um i know we had gone a little bit of back and forth with some mm-hmm. players but what was your thought process the original trade i think that you offered me was josh allen and jarvis landry if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. for russell wilson um At that time, I don't know, I kept hearing mixed things about Josh Allen as like, yes, he's got the consistency, but the accuracy issues. Um, And I'm trying to avoid Browns receivers for the third year, or at least after the last two years of having Jarvis and OBJ, and just Baker's confidence not being there, just trying to avoid it and not get too emotionally invested in that. Um, I was having a hard time with that. And when you threw in A.J. Green, I, I had A.J. Green my first year when I made that third place run, if I'm not mistaken. I uh, think so. And I that was partly why I threw him in, because I knew you had a little soft spot for him. <laughs> and yeah. that was the first time I actually had him on a fantasy team ever. Yeah. And I still haven't built up like that like rapport with him. Um, right. So that was kind of like a little cherry on top, I feel. Yeah. And um, so at least like... With A.J. Green, there comes the injury risk. He hasn't played a full season in, what, two, three years now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, constant injuries with the foot or whatever's going on. Uh, that with a rookie quarterback as well now and no preseason training kind of made me hesitant at first. Um, but I was trying to think more long-term um, build a team to hopefully get to week 16 and still be fighting for the the trophy again and um kind of felt like that reward paid off for short-term risk Mm -hmm. so i kind of feel comfortable with uh cd lamb i think is on my bench seeing how he plays out in dallas um i think he's gonna do great down there as well so just kind of having someone i can put in my lineup that can get me some some pretty decent points week in and week out while I see what happens with that situation is pretty nice as well. Right, and CD Lamb from OU? Yep. Of course. <laughs> CD 
Lamb is a grown ass man, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, one out of ten confidence in going back to back to back. Ten being highest. Ten being highest. Uh, or most confident, rather. Um, right now, week one, I, I thought it was pretty solid. I'll probably say about a seven, two, and eight. Let's settle on a seven point five. Seven point five. Um, confident that I can at least make it there. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, plenty of time and trying to be realistic every day, and you know, try and make my moves accordingly. Right. Right. All right, well, that looks like that is it for our interview. Uh, would you like to join me in previewing these Week 2 matchups? Yeah, let's get it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, um, to all your listeners, that was our interview with our very special guest, back-to-back champion, uh, general manager of the Albuquerque Chupacabras, and he is hugging the trophy on the screen. And I get so sad looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> would this so, make you happier? And he's humping it right now please please stop <laughs> wait you can't do that with you can't take your clothes off in the office <laughs> <laughs> i am now chopping off phyllis's head with a chainsaw <laughs> <laughs> all right to all the listeners let's take a short break and then our special guest connor and i will go over the week two previews all right i hope that was a pretty good break for you guys um coming up next we have our special guest connor with us going over the week two matchups uh the first matchup is actually a rival rivalry week preview um part one of the what do we call it cheesy bread bowl the cheesy bread bowl um for those of you who don't know both of us love domino's cheesy bread and we've yeah, been i think we every Sunday side note real quick when you would come over to watch The Walking Dead after you dropped your dad off at work that's right yeah oh my god dude that was almost every so Sunday our, yeah just about yeah god, what happened to The Walking Dead uh, it's going into its final season I think so at least and Norman Reedus is the front runner right uh, I, I don't know man it's been like years since I've watched it yeah I think I saw like a picture that he was like the only person that was left from the OG crew for sure yeah, but anyways, That's back awesome. to it. Uh, cheesy bread bowl. Um, we have the one and O crew checking in. Both teams coming in at one and O. The Kilauea Flow and Albuquerque Chupacabras. Uh, the Flow coming in as the top scoring team of the league versus the fourth highest scoring team of the league. It is a 2018 championship rematch. And Connor, who are the players to look out for on your end? Um, let's start. I'm let's start with the. Let's start with the Flow. The Flow. You gotta like Dallas Goddard after last week. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, he's might be a top target right now since you know it's only him and Zach Ertz. At least that's what it seems like. And if mm-hmm. Ertz is drawing coverage, you know, Goddard's just gonna, just gonna open be it there for him. So, I, my notes here say eight for not uh, eight receptions, nine targets last week for one one and a Teddy. Like mm-hmm. that's like some top tier tight end stuff. Yeah, and I feel like I got really lucky choosing him over who is it. Mike is Mike is Yeah, whoever for um, yeah Mike Kosicki. Miami. Yeah, yeah, and um, I feel like not drafting a tight end at all during the draft. Um, I might Bold strategy. I don't want to jinx it, but I might have hit something here with Dallas Goder. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say for me at least as an X factor, God. 
Chris Godwin, like Tom Brady did not look good in week one, but divisional game against Carolina, I'm hoping he turns it around. So at least for the flow. Game two, six or seven with seventy nine. Yeah. Like yeah. until he got that injury, he was money. Concussion, right? Uh, I think so. I think he was in concussion protocol. Yeah, so gotta keep an eye on that. Let's see here. And what about for the Chupacabras? Uh so it's definitely gotta be AJ Brown for me after watching last <laughs> night. You almost had that touchdown. Uh- <laughs> Watched it go right through his hands. He cost me my Yahoo League. Literally one yard would have been one point for a tie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was tough to watch, but I know Tennessee's pretty run heavy with Derrick Henry. I think mm-hmm. he had, what, 31 rushing or carries yesterday. Um, but it seems like A.J. Brown does pretty well against a weak Jacksonville defense. So that should mm-hmm. be something to watch for. Yeah. A.J. Brown, I'd agree with. Dude, A.J. Green? Mm-hmm. I don't, were you watching that game? Oh my god, yeah. How many points he left out on the field? And he almost had that game-winning touchdown? Had that game-winning touchdown. A veteran making that kind of move, dude, late in the game with the game on the line. Right. That was tough. I mean, I, I feel like I every, top to wide re- every top wide receiver makes that like slight push-off when they're doing those comeback mm-hmm. routes. But I mean, coming off a year-long injury, nine targets, five receptions... For 7.6 fantasy points, that could have easily been 15, 16 fantasy points. Yep. So I'm feeling like it looks like against the Cleveland Browns, AJ Green could be number wide receiver number one discussion. Yeah. Especially with it being a short week for a Browns defense that just got torched by Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Oh my God, they got their shit pushed in. Yeah, no joke. Jesus Christ. All right, Flow, Chupacabras, what are your predictions? Let's see here. Sleeper has you as what, uh, 58 to 42% favorite. I gotta say, Josh Allen's gonna drop 40. So I'm gonna go to the Chupacabras. Against Miami, too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they have a cake opening schedule with the Jets in Uh Miami. Fucking hell. I mean... I'm gonna go go Cabras. Cabras? Yeah, you know, I'm looking at my lineup... I have Wilson against New England, Dalvin Cook against Indianapolis, Drake against Washington. Like, these are all pretty tough matchups. And Allen Robinson, I don't know what what's going on with him. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that either right now. So News just dropped that he took off all Chicago Bears affiliation. So I would have to figure out just in case who would I put in. Um, mm-hmm. But just considering these hard matchups, I think I'm going to have to go with the Chupacabras also. Like, mainly because I feel like DeAndre Hopkins is going to get like 25 targets. <laughs> no joke. This guy <laughs> comes from Houston and pulls in 16 targets for 14 receptions, 151 yeah. yards. Like, And Kyler Murray's looking pretty good this year. Yep. He's looking pretty good this year. So that's a 2-0 for the Chupacabras over the flow. Uh, moving on to the next matchup, we have the Bell Bombers and the Chino Hills Crusaders. Uh, we got Renee versus JR, old co-workers. Um, both teams at 0-1. Um, a little bit of bittersweet moment for the Bombers. They were the third highest scoring team in week one, but unfortunately lost to the second highest scoring team, um, the Philadelphia Panty Droppers. And for the Crusaders, 
they actually lost Michael Thomas, which was their number, their first round draft pick early on due to a high ankle sprain. Um, so it looks like the Crusaders might be in a little bit of a shamble right now, depending on if Michael Thomas plays or not. Because Jair did go heavy wide receivers early on in the draft. Um, players to look out for? Let's start with the Bell Bombers. team I didn't have anything written down for is trying to look through and um I mean they do have Patrick Mahomes with correlation with Tyreek Hill yeah going against, against the, the Chargers defense who don't have their safety mm-hmm. that's, that's gonna be a pretty sweet combo there mm-hmm. uh Amari Cooper might be a fun one to watch too against uh Atlanta Atlanta yeah Atlanta defense um had a pretty solid game I'm looking at against the Rams and uh 14 yeah. targets. Yeah. I uh, I got to go Murray Cooper there against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. See if Dallas can uh, right the ship there, too. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they could come back and take that one. Yeah. Kind of a heart-wrenching loss against the Rams there in week one. Um, Honestly, for me, I got to go Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> like, <laughs> could you go wrong I mean, there? He does everything, man. If only he could throw touchdown passes to himself. I'm, I'm sure he could, honestly. Yeah. I mean... Last week, rushing 23 times for 96 yards, two touchdowns, uh, four targets, three receptions for 38. Like, he's basically going where he left off last year. Yeah, he hasn't missed a beat. No, you know, no preseason doesn't matter for him. Mm -hmm. That's a consensus number one right there. Um, On the other side, we got the Chino Hills Crusaders, uh, Joe's team, uh, going wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, wide receiver. Oh, no, he got Dak, yeah. in, Dak in the fourth, I think. Because I think um, Mahomes and Lamar were starting to go. But, right. yeah, I mean, looking at JR's team, you have top wide receivers, top tight end, top kicker, top defense, which got torched last week by the Cardinals. Um, and then you have two running backs that are questionable starters. Um, it's hard to say who would blow up on this team. Michael Thomas has that injury. Devontae Adams, what did he have, 38 points? 34.60 points. Oh, yeah. 17 targets, 14 receptions. It looks like Aaron Rodgers is back. And if there's any player to look out for, I think it's Devontae Adams against the D- Detroit Lions. Yeah. Um, yeah, certainly we saw the Detroit defense blow it to Mitch Trubisky, of all people, last week, late in the fourth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's just a no-brainer going with Devontae Adams. Um, just kind of looking at his roster, if, you know, Mike Thomas is not there, it's going to be interesting with, like, OBJ and I see Tyler Boyd on the bench there, both with uh, short-week matchups against subpar defenses. Right. Certainly very interesting plays there. I think, I, I don't know who the two, the better of the two would be. My instinct wants to lead Tyler Boyd because Joe Burrow looks legit. He does. Um, but pretty low numbers from him last week, so can't really bank on that one too much. Yeah, and it it's hard to fault OBJ, too. I mean, he had 10 targets. Yeah, like, 10 targets only and, brought in three. And then he has Baker Mayfield as his quarterback, though. Yeah. I mean, if there's any team you want to rebuild Baker's defense against, it's a, a weak sensey defense. That's true. That's true. All right, so those are our players to watch. Uh, Bombers or Crusaders? Seems like more of a coin 
coin flip. Um, at least Sleeper has it 52% to 48% in favor of the Bombers. With the big Michael Thomas question mark, I feel like i got to throw it more towards the Bombers right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm locking in Bombers. Bombers, yeah. i got to be right there with you. And even though your Sleeper has it at 52-48? Yeah. Mine is at 57-43. I feel like this matchup is going to be like 99-1 to for the Bombers. Like, <laughs> there's... Every single facet of Renee's team, just besides Devontae Adams, which is the 1%. Mm-hmm. Well, Travis Kelsey, too, but that's not going to outweigh the fact that you have Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. And then you have Christian yeah. McCaffrey, which is basically also a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see JR's team pulling this off. Yeah, and it's kind of a crazy thought considering we. At least I felt like Joe was building a super team from 2015 again. Oh, yeah. Um, I I think that year he won, he did go three wide receivers first. Yeah, he, uh, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and I forget who the third one was. I hope this isn't isn't racist, but that white dude from the Packers. um, Jordy Nelson? Yes, him. Was it him or Randall Cobb? I feel like it was Jordy Nelson because Randall Cobb got injured. If yeah, I remember. I remember Jordy Nelson was like the top the top dude there for a while. Yeah, it was one of those. But, I mean, it's just, I can't look over the fact that all JR is really doing is just waiting for one of the big running backs to fall. Mm-hmm. And then he has their handcuffs. Yep. He has Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard, Madison. Just one has to fall. Um, Alright, so that's a 2-0 prediction for the Bell Bombers over the Chino Hills Crusaders. Um, our next matchup, we have the Kyoto Charizards versus the Philadelphia Panty Droppers. Um, week one was an absolute garbage week for the Charizards. I don't know if you saw the 84 points, I think. Um, so, and Mark had a nail-biter against Renee's team, the Bell Bombers, only winning by 0.58 points. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, for the Charizards, what... Besides a miracle, what do they need to bounce back from week one? Uh, a defense to not <laughs> score put up negative, negative nine nine points. Um, <laughs> uh, certainly, the injury to Miles Sanders doesn't help. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. I feel like Kyler Murray could just continue the way he's playing. Um, I see that Steve put in Will Fuller after his pretty good week one. Ten targets, eight receptions for 112 yards, 15.2 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan Ingram put up a dud last week, 1.9 points. Yeah. So that really hurts him. Um, I feel like Kyler Murray's the X factor of this team, honestly. If he could be this year's Lamar Jackson, then Steve could very well bounce back this week. Oh, for sure. Uh, I like Murray, Henry, Melvin Gordon, like all super solid right there. Especially a little bit tougher matchups it looks like, but yeah. Well, Melvin Gordon, um, Philip Lindsay's out. Yep. So, so that just boosts his stock right oh, there. Hundred percent. Fucking stop. Uh, flex position though is looking interesting. Michael Gallup against Atlanta certainly can make some noise there. Michael Gallup. Yeah, Where is that? yeah I got. Uh, he's got Gallup on his bench right now, but oh, I see, I see. Looking at that flex spot for 
Sanders. Oh, right, right. Just in case he doesn't play again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What about for the panty droppers? For the heart of the league? (laughs) The heart of the league. The heart of the league. Um, I want to see if Josh Jacobs can repeat that monster week against New Orleans. New Orleans looked so good against Tampa Bay. I don't know if it's just because Tampa Bay's old with Tom Brady and Gronk, but he looked really good. So, I know, Josh, Josh Jacobs is running it like mm-hmm. no one's business. Um, Joe Mixon might be an interesting one, too, against Cleveland. I feel like Joe Mixon uh, just is done. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you could hope for him anymore. If you have Giovanni Bernard on that team, like, he's not going to do anything. Joe Mixon is though? I don't think so. I don't know, man. I feel like they should have handed him the ball instead of uh, throwing it to A.J. Green there. Mm-hmm. At the end of that game, I told Whitney if Joe Mixon gets the ball, it's G.G. Bengals, but mm-hmm. they didn't give it to him, so I don't know. Um, I don't know. I got to say Mixon. Yeah. Right, that OU wave. Todd Gurley looked really good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 14 attempts, 56 yards, one touchdown. Five targets for two reception, one yard. Especially on a new team, um, I feel like Atlanta's not as good as we remember them to be. Right. Uh, I think as a flex player, I kind of like him in this spot. Yeah, I would agree with that. At what point does Mark start Cam Newton? Because You know, I was just looking at that too. Because uh, <laughs> Cam Newton had a great game. Yeah, man, it looked like Cam Newton that got me to the first championship before he got injured. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'm just as a fan of the game, as a fan of Cam Newton's, it was nice to see him get out there and play like he could. Um, I don't know though, over Deshaun Watson. That is tough. So, I guess it would be pretty matchup dependent and to see if Cam Newton keeps this uh, consistency rolling. Mm -hmm. Or his performance, like if he can keep a consistent performance. Right. It's like at what point do we just say Bill Belichick could coach any quarterback into being a superstar, you know? Uh, I feel like we can already say that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would double down and say it now. Yeah. So. Tom Brady is a system quarterback. <laughs> At least that's what it seems like so far. Right, right. Um, all right, so those are our players to watch for the Kyoto Charizards and the Panty Droppers predictions because it looks like sleeper has it at 49.51 for the panty droppers i got 49.51 for the charizards on my end mm-hmm. um <laughs> sleeper please sleeper please you know looking just at matchups alone i gotta like the charizards a little bit more yeah i'd agree derrick henry's probably just gonna do do all over jacksonville Mm-hmm. Um, Wasn't it Jacksonville where he had that 99-yard touchdown? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was. Oh, my God. If we see that again. <laughs> I kind of hope we do. And yeah, I feel like, that was sick. I feel like Steve has a little thing for Derrick Henry, too, because he had him last year. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our one uh, running back, I guess. That's true. Uh, no, I mean, just looking down, even to find someone to fill in at the flex spot, 
got some pretty favorable matchups on the bench, so I gotta go Charizards. Charizards, yeah, I, I'd agree. Um, if he's gonna do something different with the Vikings, I mean, just gotta hope they don't put up negative nine points again because you can't win doing that. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so we got a 2-0 for the Charizards over Penny Droppers. Yep. Um, next up, we have the LA Mambas against the Westlake Dogs. Uh, we got Patrick against Kevin. Uh, 1-0 and o crew checking in. Both teams winning their week ones. Um, for the Dogs, it looks like Lamar Jackson is continuing his crazy production from 2019 and 2020. Hasn't skipped a beat there. Um, I don't know if you noticed Patrick dropping... Uh, Matthew Stafford for Big Ben right before the matchup. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, and actually hitting twice with Juju on his team. Um, could this be the year Big Ben comes back and becomes the quarterback we all know and love? Uh, I mean, we got to find out. Yeah, there's, I mean, watching is the only way we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly seemed like it last week, at least, or last night, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like a pretty solid matchup for the or like a link up with Big Ben and Juju. Right. I think the the health, the Steelers' overall health this year is going to be the the biggest concern. Yeah, because James Conner already broke. Yeah, <laughs> he already did. He's already dead. Um, <laughs> uh, if Juju can stay healthy and seems like Big Ben's uh, arm is fixed. Hmm. Yeah, I would think. Oh man, and George Kittle and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Oh Patrick. Oh no. Oh no. I did not see this. And Debo Samuel. Oh lord. Looking at Kittle, though, it looks like um, we should know more Wednesday. It's certainly something to keep an eye on, but a knee sprain. Yeah. I don't know. And Le'Veon Bell was a hamstring. It says here could miss multiple weeks for Le'Veon Bell. I saw that. That is rough. That is rough. Uh, let's see here. Uh, for the Westlake Dogs, I mean, are you going Lamar Jackson as always? or? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know if I should answer that seriously or not, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's Lamar Jackson, dude. Yeah, I mean... Running back in a quarterback spot. Basically. I mean, this guy ran seven times, 45 yards, threw for three touchdowns, two of them to Mark Andrews, your boy. Ooh, my boy. Your boy. Uh, David Johnson, what do you think about him? He looked pretty good in week one. Um, I didn't see him play mm-hmm. too much, but looking at his numbers, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Seven yards per carry. Getting involved a little bit in the passing game there as well. Yeah. With a... Three for thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Finding the pay dirt once eighteen point four. I mean, that's certainly something we haven't seen from David Johnson in a while. True. So good to see him back. Adam Thielen, though, the whole Didn't freaking he? oh my god that Packers Vikings game was oh, like a, a dud. shootout. And then next thing I know, in my Yahoo league, I was playing Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook, and they both had two touchdowns each. Oh my god, it was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, he's the man in Minnesota, though. Mm-hmm, that's so. true. Can't go wrong with that. Two touchdowns, six receptions, eight targets. He, I mean, the targets will always be there for Adam Thielen. Yeah, the biggest question mark on um, the dog 
dogs, I gotta say, is Hayden Hurst at tight end. Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of hype for what? Three points or something? Yeah, five point three. Yeah, five point three. Yeah. New tight end, new system. He looked good with Baltimore last year as part of that system, but yeah. In fact, anyone could have looked good with Baltimore. That's true. I could look good <laughs> with Baltimore, man. Right. All right. So sleeper has this at a fifty-fifty. Who do you got? <sighs> hmm. I gotta go with the dogs. The injury question marks with Kittle and Bell. Mm-hmm. I mean, depending on that, like I could change my mind later in the week, but at this point in time, I'm leaning dogs. Yeah. Yeah, there's just way too many question marks on Patrick's team right now. If Kittle doesn't go in, there are a lot of serviceable tight ends on the free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, Le'Veon, if Le'Veon Bell doesn't play, I don't know who he slots in. Scary Terry? Scary Terry, I think. Scary Terry. Seven targets, five receptions for 61 yards last week for the Washington football team. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to call them by their other name anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, with all these question marks, Lamar Jackson, Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett, the Seattle offense looks scary. They are throwing so much. Um, I mean, even with this, I feel like I got to roll with Big Ben and Juju again. I feel like they're going to connect more and more. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that happening, too. Yeah, I feel like I'll go with the Mambas on this one. All right. Shout out, Patrick. First little, little split there. Yeah, a little split. Our first split of the <laughs> first split. There you go. All right, so we got the Mambas at one and the Dogs at one. Moving on to our final matchup of the week, we have the Kanaohe Kinkajus and the Kazan J. Turismos. Um, Justin talking a little shit before our matchup, saying that James Conner was going to terminate me. But when- <laughs> James Conner got terminated. <laughs> Ended up terminating himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, both of these teams coming in at 0-1. Uh, King Kajus coming off a loss to the back-to-back champions. I'll just throw it in there again. Um, Thanks. Let's see. If James Conner doesn't go in, oh my god, he also has Jonathan Taylor. Okay, so he's fine. <laughs> James Conner, who? Yeah, he just slots in the RB1 now. Like Marlon Mack died. <laughs> Jeez, man. Wow, okay, yeah, he's fine. Yeah. I I'm, I felt like I was still introducing this team, but Jonathan Taylor will be my player to watch on uh, the J. Turismos. How are you feeling about uh, Brady and Gronk at home against Carolina? Seeing if they can have a bounce-back performance. I mean, I don't know if the Saints were just doubling Gronk, but they did not look like their former selves. I feel yeah. like age is just catching up to both of them, and this is their last hurrah. I feel like... Yeah, I, I gotta agree with that. Yeah, I feel like if Gronk has another dud week, we could see him on the waiver wires. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, uh, keep your eyes open. I know, seriously. Out. You, you might get Gronk soon. Um, what about on the Kinkajou side? Uh, Saquon Barkley rushing for a massive six yards. 
Yeah, that was uh, surprising. Um, the Chicago defense isn't as much as everyone is like horny for them. They're not as good as they actually are. Um, they almost let Detroit storm back against them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think I saw somewhere Khalil Mack might have a, a bit of a knee thing. I think he was questionable going into Sunday. Yeah, um, last Sunday rather at least. Uh, uh, I don't know. I like that matchup for Saquon. I think he he uh, finds his footing here and goes to town. Mm-hmm. Bounces back. I did yeah. read an article saying that the Pittsburgh Steelers were heavily focusing on the run. Seven, eight people in the box. I mean, being Saquon Barkley, 15 attempts for six yards, that is definitely an outlier. Oh, for sure. Um, certainly something he's going to want to forget about as well and just go to town on Chicago. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley over under 27 points. I'd say over. <laughs> yeah. He's going to bounce back. Yeah. All right, so Saquon Barkley, player to watch for the Kinkajus. But are they going to pull it off? Uh, what do you think? Just looking everything over here real quick. I guess I, I'm saying with the Kinkajus here. I know mm-hmm. at least my sleeper has 58-42 in favor of Jay Turismo. I like mm-hmm. the Kinkajus a little bit more here. Chris Carson had a monster week last week. Um, Julian Edelman, I think, had a pretty solid week. I'm looking here, 5 for 57 and a 123-yard rush. Um, and keep in mind, Mike Evans is on his bench right now. Yeah, if if Mike Evans can be healthy, I mean that would at least take away some uh, or cancel out some Brady points there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean Mike Evans is historically my daddy, <laughs> so <laughs> that's always mm-hmm. nice. But John Brown, like I I like this these receivers right here. I don't know for the kinkajus. Juice. Yeah, Julian Edelman's not projected as many points, but. Could be a favorite target for Cam Newton there. Right, right. John Brown against the the Dolphins, like, mm-hmm. it's the Dolphins, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm going Kinkajus on this matchup. Kinkajus. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna be split again because I'm leaning toward the Jay Turismos. Like, I thought that they were gonna be over when they lost. Um, What's his name? James Conner. <laughs> and then Jonathan Taylor. And then just Jonathan Taylor just slots in. Like, you draft this guy thinking you're going to get into a running back by committee, and then Marlon Mack tore his ACL, right? Uh, I thought it was Achilles. Or Achilles. That's right, Achilles. God. What a good setup for Justin. Hmm. I don't know. This Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski correlation, I do not like at all. Yeah, that's that's what I'm hung up on. And I just feel like uh, Saquon's going to go to town and have his way. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees in Vegas, Chris Carson versus the Patriots. I'm hoping that Mike Evans gets slotted in over Edelman. And then I would choose the Kinkajus here, actually. Now that I'm looking at everything. I started with the J Turismos, but the more that I look at it, it looks like the Kinkajus could be favored. Yeah, I think I have to go Kinkajus here. 
10 acres. Yeah, so Kinkajou's 2-0 over the J Turismos. There it is. There it is. So those are your week two matchups. Um, what are you calling game of the week? Is it going to be us? <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like probably, we're, man, we... we're both the highest projected. We're both 1-0. Um, cheesy bread on the line. Cheesy bread on the line, as always. Um, we're, what, the top three scoring teams? I think. Let me check. I think I had uh, fourth, 1v4. Fourth, yeah, that's right. You know... I think if we both take healthy lineups into Sunday, um, yeah, I think it's going to be yeah. blowing coppers. Might yeah. be the game to watch. Yeah, so we'll mark that as a game of the week for week two for the League of Friends. Um, we have the Kilauea Flow versus the Albuquerque Chupacabras, which, by the way, won back-to-back championships these past two years. Thanks, man. Shout out, Connor. Never gets old. Never gets old. <laughs> Never gets old. All right, um, so those are the week two matchups. Um, basically, where are we at here? Pretty good time. All right, um, no new league updates as of now. Um, I just have a couple special thanks. Uh, special thanks to JT for allowing me to spank his ass last week. <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> it's happening. Special thanks to Target for always making me spend money that I don't have. Um, special thanks to Diet Dr. Pepper for keeping me hydrated. Sponsor us, please. Diet Dr. Pepper. It's the sweet one. <laughs> also, me undies. Sponsor us also. Yes, Domino's, please. And Domino's. I'm not wearing underwear. Um, <laughs> special thanks to you, Connor, for being our first ever guest yeah, on this podcast. Thank you. Um, Thank you for having me. Loved having you on here. Do you have any final words before we close our final podcast? Uh, cobra up, baby. Cobra up. There you have it. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks to everyone who listened to our first ever League of Friends podcast. Um, if all goes well and time permits, I'll stick to the Tuesday recording slash editing um, and Wednesday publishing. So hopefully we could stick to that schedule. Um, to the League of Friends and everyone else who would ever listen to this, wear your mask, stay safe, and as always, fantasy gods, please. Fantasy gods, please.